let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. What comes to mind when you hear the word abracadabra? Poof, there it is. Magic, right? Abracadabra is actually an Aramaic word from the origin of the language of the Bible, you know, the New Testament, thousands of years ago. And what it really means, and it was used by you know, ancient shamans or whatever for the longest time, what it really means is, I speak, therefore I create, or I speak, therefore I influence. And so, I'll translate that to modern times is, our words create our thoughts and our thoughts create our reality. Language is the most important tool we have available to us. Think about it. We have the ability to make noises with our mouth and put and move those thoughts through sound waves into somebody else's head. You can put thoughts in other people's heads. That's what language is. Understand the power of it. It is a spell. You can cast a spell on other people. So I learned all this from my friend Mark England, who I've interviewed a number of times on my YouTube channel. I, I totally recommend you check those videos out. But hey, everybody, I'm, I'm Scott Tucker. Welcome back to Veteran Wealth Secrets. And I was a language major in college. Portuguese, of all things. Why on earth was I, was I a Portuguese major? Well, I'll tell you, brutally honest, I was at West Point. It sucked. I wasn't having any fun in any other classes that I didn't enjoy and had a really energetic, fun Portuguese teacher when I was a plebe, a freshman. So I was like, hey, this place sucks. I don't get to cho choose many of my classes anyways, so I'm going to at least take some classes where I have some fun. And yeah, I got to travel to Brazil for summer training and stuff, but really I found out years later what being a language major allowed me to do was to seek travel, to seek other cultures, to put myself you know, in places where I had to adapt, overcome rapidly in very uncomfortable environments where there isn't necessarily a training for it, whether or not the language of the country you're in or the situation you're in, you figure out how to communicate when you have the language and you are able to improve your skills at it and you just gain that much more power. Knowing a second language or having the ability to think about this. We have language in the military. Look at the way we talk to each other. We just can communicate things that nobody else is going to understand. And to understand the language of our transition to post-military life, even the words military transition process, it's horrible language. It makes no sense. Military, they, they're training us to get out of the military in these transition courses as an individual, you need to do this. You need your resume. What are your skills? Translate your skills. That's not good language. You, you don't translate skills. And so when you think about the military as a whole, that's, that's right in there. They're not even looking at you as the individual. 
They need to make the military transition process look good. You're, once again, just another cog in the wheel. Transition. Look at the thesaurus, what transition means. Uncertainty. Change. It's just, there's fear around that. So they, they use these words to make us fall into line. We got to do the right thing. There's the path. This is the best way to do it. Really? Is it? No, not if this is supposed to be about an individual choice, individual needs, individual wants, individual desires, individual skills. Individual desire to aspire to become something more than a rank or a job description or a certification or a degree. This is the opportunity we have in post-military life. But if we're not thinking about it intentionally, if we're not really willing to learn the language of not just the civilian world, but of the language you want to use to create the life you want. I'll leave it at that. We got an interview today, a little bit about language in the civilian world, more specific to the in the project management space. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, whatever you go into, these become important aspects of it. And you can study it. You can learn it. You can get way ahead of your peers and just sitting around and waiting for it to happen to you. So think about that. I just wanted to broaden the horizons a little bit to say, don't even limit yourself to that language. You have the ability to now create your own. Be the hear your own story. You can define what words mean to you. So I talk about this stuff a little bit in my new book, Veteran Wealth Secrets. Make sure you pick up a copy on Amazon or you can get the first three chapters for free on our website at veteranwealthsecrets.com or if you want to learn more about what we're doing at US Vet Wealth, you can get access to that at usvetwealth.com. Looking forward to chatting with you and we will chat with you on the next show. Enjoy the interview with the man himself, the master, Doc. All right, welcome back to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. I'm Scott Tucker, and thank you so much for joining us on another episode where we're sharing the wisdom of fellow fellow veterans or active duty, anybody who's gotten somewhere in their career where they think, hi, I found something I wish somebody would have taught me before. I figured something out. Let me share it a little bit more with my audience. And that's kind of what my book, Veteran Wealth Secrets, is all about. That's up on Amazon Kindle as of last week. Had almost 200 downloads, so really excited about that. You can always get it for free at VeteranWealthSecrets.com, but if you do want the Kindle version, you can get it there. But speaking of books, I'm really excited to bring one of the influencers I've followed for a long time on LinkedIn, someone really passionate about helping the veteran transition into civilian life. Doc, what's going on? Founder of Vets to PM, serial entrepreneur, and I like this the best, a business linguist. I can't wait to get into that. I was a Portuguese major at all, of all things at West Point. I thought it was a joke. I just wanted to get good grades, but I found out after you know, traveling the world, I've been to 50 countries, I've you know, tried to immerse into cultures. It's always about the culture. And if you don't understand the language, then then how on earth are you going to get by? How are you going to survive? It's impossible. So I really want to get into that. But first, Docs, thank you so much for joining us in these crazy times. I remember back before lockdowns and such, you were holding a lot of seminars, posting a lot of videos. I'm guessing that's not as 
uh, feasible these days. But why don't you take a couple of minutes? Tell us about yourself and and what you're doing. What's going on with you and your life these days, both business and personally? How are you planning for what's coming down the road? I think as yeah. an entrepreneur, I'll tell you what, Scott. Thanks for having me on, brother. It's always really cool to talk to other vets, crushing it, and a fellow linguist, right? So that's what I would have done in another <laughs> life. But yeah, so I'm conversational in Spanish. Uh, I'm getting conversational in Scots a lot quicker than I thought. Obviously, a native English speaker. And I'm pretty dang fluent in business, got a PhD in it. Management is the language of business, but in the military, we only talk leadership, which is a dialect of management, but the civilians don't understand it. So that's literally what I do is I help tens of thousands of veterans every year get fluent in the language of the civilian workforce, which is basically the language of management. So that's what all my content does. So I just gave two keynotes last Friday to an audience of 150 and then an audience of 800 that afternoon about how they help help lift their end of the log, which is, hey, I'll train them and get them ready and I'll get them credentialed. You get them placed, you get them mentored, right? Help me out. So that's what I do for a living. I founded a for-profit to do it. I've got a nonprofit that does it and just loving it and actually still getting paid to do virtual keynotes during COVID, man. So like wow. talking about diversifying your, your revenue, I never saw that one coming, brother. I didn't send the check back either. Yeah. And that's one of the things in this day and age, at any time, if you're a business owner and you only have one customer, then if anything whatsoever happens between you and that customer, you're out of business. In this, in, in this, in the traditional mindset of, of America, go to, go to school, get a job, you're setting yourself up with one employer and therefore one source of income if something goes wrong. And someone, obviously, with things changing rapidly, uh, do you want to speak a little bit? to what should the veteran be thinking about as they're going through the transition? Given, hey, we're nine months or so into this, we've learned a lot. What's the, hey, we need to know this right now kind of thing. I it's just, usually we don't talk about that stuff on this show, but I think some with your knowledge and your perspective, having to adjust your own business and stuff like that, you know, what's something that we should be aware of right away? So there's a couple things, but just people like one to three things they can focus on. So mm -hmm. risk management, baby. We learned how to do it in uniform. We're pretty dang good at it. Uh, and oh, by the way, most civilians have never managed a project or a program under risk of life, loss of life or limb. So yeah. our threshold <laughs> for doing it, not only are we good at it, but we're our threshold for doing it is a lot higher, which means we've got a lot more capacity to do a lot better. So Here's what I mean by that is early wave back in the late 80s, my, my dad had worked for this company, helped start multiple offices for this company all over the country, like literally was directly responsible for them being a, a growing profitable company. As soon as he hit 55 and he was nearing retirement age and a gold watch, they decided he was a liability. So they hired somebody that he trained. He ended up training his, yeah. his replacement and he was one of the first one that would be an, a crushing wave, unfortunately, for families all across this country of, hey, your mid-level management, your liability age-wise, get out. Wow. So people talk about, oh, so risky being an entrepreneur. Now I will tell you, there's a lot of stuff in the fine print that they don't tell you about being an entrepreneur on LinkedIn. This gloss over all that stuff. And then they tell you, oh, find your purpose, find your balance. And they'll tell you about the fine print. You better answer that que that customer's question at 1030 at night. And if you don't, if that's not balanced enough, guess what? You'll know why there's not a customer the next morning when you wake up and you're not going to cry in your milk about it because you understand why. Yeah. So what I would tell you is lots of vets, man, we've been conditioned. When it gets tough, suck it up, figure out a plan. What are your objectives? What do you want to achieve? What are the outcomes? How do you do it? fully resourced and then how do you do it with as few resources as possible in the dark at night in the rain because that's probably what it's going to really happen in real life 
So I would say that I think it's almost the way society is, especially with this crazy COVID going on, Scott. Mm -hmm. It's obvious the folks leading the charge here have no, never mind. (laughs) It's one way or the other. There's a lot to be desired about how this whole thing is gone. And now there's talk nationally about we're going to go through another lockdown, bro. When we've proven in Europe that's not working, it's they're still up against the COVID monster. So here's my only point without you know getting political. It's a business show. My point is that you have to plan that for the foreseeable future, this is probably what the landscape's gonna look like. Yeah. And calibrate accordingly, diversify your income stream, manage your risks, and there's n- and assume that they didn't get the radio call. There's no cavalry coming circle the wagons team it up like how do you recalibrate the covid until there's no covid and oh by the way i'm no futurist but there probably is no new normal on the other side of this either it's going to look totally different and i was listening to me maria bartiromo two weeks ago three weeks ago one of the biggest finance houses in on wall street brother is trying to figure out how to get their 1,700 people to come back into their multi-billion dollar office in Wall Street because they can't make them because of COVID. They, they sent out this call. Hey, everybody come back to work. Like 70 people out of 1,700 came back because they know they don't have to. And there's no restaurants for them to go in anyway because they're all closed down. I don't think there's a new normal on the other side of this, brother. It's just a, it's something else. No, and I think that's... Actually, that'll lead into my next question. I just wanted a quick caveat. I, I had a buddy who w- does yoga for like really successful people in Manhattan, and he's got some buddies who are commercial real estate. They say all those offices, all those off, they're they're maybe like half full. That's with people working remotely. Like, what happens when this becomes? And so, I, I think you know that gets into kind of what I wanted to d- d- dive a little bit deeper into more of this kind of language, this fluency of business clearly that language is going to be changing but ultimately what do you mean by that clearly we're told in the coming out of the military world don't worry you're going to be awesome in the civilian world because you're a hard worker and so therefore oh i'm a hard worker i achieved these many things on my oer ncoer therefore i'm going to be successful and then we're told to translate our skills which first you got to ask do you even want to translate those skills yeah and then secondly by which parameter are we doing translate? It's nice that Google puts together a little search engine that quote unquote translates your skills, but I'm assuming there's a lot more variables going on in there. But the bottom line is when you're in this, when you're back in the civilian world, you know, a lot of times they'll be nice and, and help you along. But if you're clearly not getting it, usually that has to do with language. You're going to be out the door. And unfortunately that I think that compounds the, I don't understand. I'm a failure. That can go down some bad roads. So language is extremely important. I'd love to, to go as deep as you want to go into that topic. Like I said, I'm a linguistic. I, I was sitting in my linguistics class on 9-11 on that Tuesday morning. I had to watch the buildings come down in a French because I was in. So it was just fascinating to see, holy cow, the world coming together. And frankly, how it's been coming apart in the last 20 years, I think, frankly, because people can't They talk past each other. So here's my life's work. So from a linguistic perspective, interpretation is translating the spoken word and translation is actually translating the written word, right? So I'm really an interpreter, but but here's a basic exercise I use in all my keynotes and your audience is gonna experience this problem right now acutely. So imagine if I'd have come on the show and said, Glamalev, Shay Eric, Atenium, Orem. 
what did I just say to you and what language did I just say it in? Imagine you're the military veteran. You just took off your uniform on Friday. You did about 20 days of leave and you stepped into the civilian workforce and you'll walk into an interview and you don't understand a thing they're saying to you. They're using words like P&L, NP, AR, job enrichment versus job enlargement. Like you have no idea what they're talking about. They hand you stuff to read. It's like reading a foreign menu. You got no idea what they're saying or what you're reading. And when they ask you questions, if you hear them say P&L, you don't immediately know that they're talking about the fiduciary outcomes of whatever project program, uh, division assessment, or whatever they're assessing. Mm -hmm. They're talking about the financial output, fiduciary responsibility. If you can't understand it and you can't respond to that, you're going to get a letter that says you're underqualified or they hired a more qualified candidate. I know because I used to get them. I work with tens of thousands of veterans every year. Thousands of them get them. How can mm -hmm. I be a lieutenant colonel and be underqualified? Because, brother, when they said P&L, you stood there and stared at them like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. You can't translate. You can't communicate back. And that's what fluency is. Fluency is, can I communicate myself clearly, confidently, and concisely in the target language. I come out saying, I speak leadership. I lead this, I lead that, I lead this other thing. You're a West Point guy, right? You're a leader if, they, if I ever seen one. But here's the problem. Let me give you a real quick example. In the language of management, for hundreds of years, management means someone who plans what we're going to do, metrics, standards of performance, left, right boundaries, who we're doing it with, distributors, suppliers, et cetera. Function number two, we organize the resources necessary to staff and resource that plan, Scott, and then we lead the people in execution of the plan. And then we make sure that the plan staying on performance and vice versa and take controlling actions if the gap is too wide. Mm -hmm. When we talk in military leadership, when they tell us in tap class, don't get out and speak leadership. Nobody will understand you. What do I talk? They stop at the admonishment because they don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. The answer is you need to talk in management because if you can talk about all of your experience, I have never met a military leader responsible for mission, exercise, or operations, planning, resourcing, organizing, staffing, training, equipping, leading, and controlling. I have never met one that doesn't have experience in all four functional areas of project management or management. Mm -hmm. But when you speak about leader only, I'm a leader, I lead, and they don't hear any of the other experience, brother. That's why you're underqualified. They're not mm -hmm. trying to be jerks. They just didn't hear you talk about three out of the four things you were supposed to talk about. And you don't know what you don't know. That's why I wrote a book on it. The book teaches you the basic terms and terminologies, and then the nuance of usage the nuance of when to listen for it and what it means when you hear it. I got two dozen veteran, successful veteran business owners that have transferred in the civilian workforce, speaking of entrepreneurship, who have added all these little vignettes in, man. Like, mm -hmm. hey, here's how we use inventory turnover. Here's how we use leadership and coaching workshops. Here's how we use. So like literally the veteran reader can not only understand the language of it, but you see it in usage. And it's even got an accompanying 14-hour course where I teach you phonology, like how to pronounce words, what a PL is. And then, brother, if that wasn't enough, a little icing on the top of that cake, bro, you can prove it. We're endorsed by the Institute of Certified Professional Managers, and you can achieve the internationally recognized certified manager credential. 
which will yeah. start a conversation in an interview. Yeah, I know what a PL is. I tell you, every veteran that says, Yeah, I know what a PL is, and then explains it, I haven't beta tested one of the 47 hiring managers I've talked to and said, Man, if a vet said that to me, I would consider them for hiring right on the spot. And they sure as heck move the top of any other vets I'm talking to. Yeah, you'll we'll be in competition with the civilian, but you just short statted every vet that you're in the running with. Go ahead. No, that's the bottom line is it's about building skill sets and building that skill stack and, and adding it to your repertoire. Can you learn this on the job? Sure. But gosh, in this day and age, the way you could build that those skills so quickly, ultimately, at the end of the day, having come from West Point, what are they? What are you going to do now, platoon leader? That's the duty on our car. That's what, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to have to make all these decisions all the time. Yeah. And you got to have some leadership per se. But quite frankly, there's a rule book and you just follow the rules typically. And as long as you're not an idiot, you can make a good leadership decision. But there's only so much room for adapting and overcoming, as they say, because there's a lot of system. When we're getting out and trying to communicate and do leadership, really what we're doing is it's mass communication. It's persuasion skills. It's sales skills, really sales and marketing. And the better you learn those, that that that's just a fundamental human skill set to all of a sudden getting ahead. Because right now, you know, a stack of resumes for, hey, you might all be lieutenant colonels. That's great. But you all look the same. How are you going to stand out if you can't share? How can you communicate the value that you can bring to others? And that's why something I think that's kind of missing in our system. So I'm, I just applaud you for uh, adding that to your, your repertoire, to everything you've been building out. Tell us more about the book. I know you've already got a book out on Amazon, Did Great, 101 Leadership Lessons, or, or it's a long title. Let me, let me read here. Oh, yeah, 101 no, Lessons Learned from Helping Military Members and Veterans Achieve Meaningful, Lucrative Post-Military Service Careers. That's what we're all about. But clearly, you got a new book coming out. You said it's your life's work. Tell us more about what you know, you are putting out there in the book. You said you got a lot of examples, but what do you mean by life's work? What is life's work for a doctor? I, I dabble in languages, as you've already heard. It's a gas for me to like, last night I'm sitting there watching uh, Forged in Fire, a show my kid and I love, right? And we're watching <laughs> yeah. Fire and we're having a conversation in Spanish. That's just, to me, such a hoot. I'm talking to him in Scots and he thinks I'm a complete idiot. He's like, dad, you know that that was like 900 years ago when your family came from Scotland. And I know you think your beard looks awesome and stuff, but come on, dad, I don't. No Scots, dude. So knock it off. But anyway, it's just a lot of fun. So I, I love language. I love linguistics. I love that words matter. You were talking about how to be an effective leader. You got to be able to storytell. You got to be able to fire people up. Mm. You got to be able to bind people together. You got to be able to lead from the front and them have confidence in you. And the only way you do that, bro, is by selling yourself. The only way mm -hmm. you do that is, hey, man, I'm the one in charge. I got a plan. And the reason I'm in charge is not because I want you to do the work. It's because I've achieved some proficiency in this and here's what we got to get done. And if we get that done, here's what's in it for all of us. This is a mm. we thing, right? This is not a me thing. This is a we thing. So anyway, another example is think about this. We get out and we say, Lieutenant Colonel, no offense, right? I love Lieutenant Colonel. They get out, but they say, hey, I'm going to be the next CEO. <laughs> the first problem is, bro, is the 27 years you were in uniform, the chief operations officer that thinks they're in line for the CEO position, they've got 27 years of experience speaking that language. Mm -hmm. They don't. You speak military leadership. So let's say we get over that hurdle. The second hurdle then is, okay, I could try to learn a language. So 
yeah, I had command and control over my shop. I had 47 people and $49 million in property books. First of all, <laughs> civilian don't, has, has no idea what you just said. If they have some inkling of what you just said, oh, you own property, like a fleet of vehicles or something. So you were like a maintenance. Even if they get that far, dude, because they're probably just too lazy to even connect these dots. When really what they're looking to hear is now let's say same lieutenant colonel, same vet, but now he's gonna he's gonna talk in their language, not the leadership dialect that's obscure, spoken by less than one percent of the population in active duty. It's the one spoken by all of the common people in the workforce. He says, "Hey, thanks for asking about my last gig, Scott, where I exercised my fiduciary responsibility mm-hmm. by taking my scarce resources and doing forty-seven million dollars more." in return than the investment I was trusted with. Mm-hmm. Okay, fiduciary responsibility. Every manager in every organization has that. It just tells me you get ethics, you get business, you understand how I'm gonna measure you. You just gave me some insight into your knowledge of how to manage the organization, which is what I'm hiring you to do. You just went to the top of the short stack and you probably just accelerated your the duration of your path to the CEO office. Get in run circles around them, learn the language, 12, 18, 24 months, hands-on, <laughs> you'll be the CEO. you got to learn language, though, because you can't communicate clearly, concisely. Artic- you can't find El Baño. You can't order those tacos. If you don't know the language, you, you can't be effective. Yeah, and it's it's such a, a base level thing. It's almost the minimum skill set. If you can't speak the language of the thing you're going into, you're clearly, it's like you can be the smartest kid in the room but if you're a child and you get your parents get stationed off in another country and they drop you into a German kindergarten, you're going to sit in the corner for a long time. And you might find a job where you can sit in the corner for a while and eventually it'll come. I, I get, but I, I think, to, I, I remember, heck, I, I showed up while I was on active duty. I showed up at UCOM and because I didn't have my clearance yet, I literally sat for six months doing nothing just because I couldn't technically. And it's, 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 oh boy, it, it's just, it was part of my decision to get out of the army because I was so bored. I was just looking for other stuff to do. And so <laughs> does that not happen in the civilian world? Of course, the risks, risk is you could lose your job quickly. Basically, you're getting hired to help the organization be successful. If they've got an employee there that's not being 100% effective, that hurts the bottom line. Maybe you don't get fired, but maybe the business fails a few years later. These things compound and they're serious. But no, I, I really appreciate you, you you coming on to share that insight. I don't think people talk about it nearly enough. Tell us about more about when the book's coming out. How do people get a hold of you? What should they be contacting you for specifically and where can they find you? Yeah, cool. Thanks, Scott. So a lot of our videos are going on to YouTube right now. So there's a couple ways you can participate. So we've got a a launch going live on LinkedIn at 1100 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 15th of December, Tuesday. We're going to do a LinkedIn launch event for the book. We also are releasing what I call once a week, we release a Docs Transition Classroom three-minute or less video with the word of the day. And you don't know this yet, but I'm going to pro bono you and your podcast in. Hey, Doc right here with the Transition Classroom. Today's word of the day is work breakdown structure. You veterans in the crowd know it as a line of effort chart, but if you use that word in the interview, you're never going to get the job. But before <laughs> we get into WBS and why civilians call it that, let's talk to you t- about today's sponsor. So now your little three minute or less commercial with your name and logo flying around, all that cool stuff the post-production lads and engineers can do. 
Sure. That gets legs. And for that week on our platform of over 60, 70,000 eyeballs, you brought the word of the day. And the cool thing is, is corporate America is educating veterans how to speak management, okay. which helps them hire you because now I can understand what you're saying to me in an interview. It helps the vet communicate in the interview and it gives them the word of the day. And what's cool for me is it's adding value to the community at large. It's helping both sides of the equations because you hear yeah. I've been in space five years. You hear people admonishing veterans to quit talking military and you hear veterans saying, you guys should do some of the work and learn to talk military. <laughs> and nobody listens to the other ones. Like you said, they're talking past each other. Right. They're both talking about, hey, can you help my organization? You can, and they know that you can, but you can't communicate that. So Doc's Transition Classroom, the little snippets, the video. So uh, just contact Kathy McGlatt at Kathy at VetsaPM.com. She'll show you the video. She'll, you know, take your name. Like you could pick the word of the day you'd like to sponsor, like whatever. Uh, and then the book drops on the 15th. And the cool thing about the book launch, one of my good buddies, Tony Gray, one of the authors in the book, had this great idea. He's, hey, bro, I've been out a while. All my buddies have been out a while. We've already been doing entrepreneurship. We don't need your book. However, my company would love to buy one of your books, have you autograph it and donate it to a vet. So the book launch event really is not the launching of the book. It's a launching of book donations. So you can join. I autograph all the copies. A vet calls in or writes in. We send them the book. The free e-course is attached and they get fluent in management. And you helped. You did a patriotic thing. And oh, by the way, it might be somebody you interview. So <laughs> you might be helping yourself. So who knows? Anyway, so that's the skinny on that. And I'm always at LinkedIn, Doc Wright, 2012. No, awesome. No, I think that's a great idea getting sponsorships for the book. I know there's so many nonprofits out there always looking for content to share. And there's never enough insight on this topic because I think too often we all get lumped into, oh, you're oh, you're military, you're a military or you're a veteran. And therefore we're all going through the same process. It's like, no, man, there's so many different variables and different types of people, different things. And to understand. I, I think, again, I'm just going to harp on this for everybody. The language thing is just fascinatingly critical. I, I, I definitely think the more you understand communication, because I, I, I honestly, that's what's going on in America right now. It's so dangerous. And if we're just walking around, just refusing to understand what everybody else is thinking or saying, like it's dangerous. So not only in business, but in life, really try to understand the language. And I think you're going to find it helps you out so much. So thanks again, Doc, for joining us and dropping the insight. Looking forward to seeing how the book launch goes and how we can uh, support and collaborate on that as well. But thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Well Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.